All right, well, welcome to uh, the, our Wednesday midweek service here at Ayers Christian Center Church. And uh, we're going to be hitting the topic again, the blind eye. Uh, but I want to, before I do that, I want to read a couple of scriptures, and then I want to pray about a couple of things. Uh, just, just, just intercede for a couple of things that are happening. You know, for us to, to uh, really operate in this world, um, we can't turn the blind eye to God's word. You know, God's word is what helps us to actually navigate through everything in our life. And I know as pastors, you know, we live off of God's word, not necessarily religion, tradition, or a personal preference, but God's prophetic word. And so sometimes that doesn't necessarily um, vibe because everybody doesn't read the word or play off the word or agree with the word. As the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1, it's foolishness at times to man. Um, because it's spiritually discerned. So with that in mind, I wanted to read Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We read this before on a few messages. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, it'll fit for what I'm going to share here in a minute. Uh, so Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, Matthew 544 is one of those scriptures that if you look at it from the natural eye, you would think it's foolish. You know, I mean, it just, but, but this is a word that, again, we can't turn our blind eye to. This is, the, this is what the Bible says. Now, an interesting thing, if you get time, if you really want to understand how Christians operate or why Christians do what they do or why some things probably seem foolish, then you read through Matthew 5, and, you know, you read Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, but they're called, it's called the Beatitudes. Jesus was preaching a sermon. He was showing us how to be, what attitude we needed to operate in. Um, actually, my Bible opens up at Matthew 5, 1. It says, the Beatitudes. So, so how are we supposed to be? And um, it's, it's tough because, you're taking a stand for what God says. In the midst of uh, waves of, of, of thoughts, moves, perspectives, and angles, and pressures of maybe what, how people think you should respond to different situations. You know, I think about, uh, again, I don't know the specifics. I wasn't there. Uh, well, I was old enough, but I wasn't at every situation. But uh, some of the, the things Martin Luther King did, People thought that was foolish, you know, uh, and how he did it, people thought was foolish. Uh, so, and then let's go here to 1 Corinthians 13. And again, we're talking about uh, the blind eye tonight, but again, as we talk about this, we can't turn a blind eye to God's word. And 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says charity, and, and, and it's that word charity means love, so we could say, you know, uh, it says charity suffers long or love suffers long and is kind. Look, suffers long is already tough. You know, just somebody says you have to suffer some, something outside of your uh, desired will to suffer. Uh, lately, I've been suffering long for, uh, through quite a few things. Um, but, you know, is it that, you know, that's just a part of the process. It says uh, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity Envy if not, charity vaunt is not itself, it's not puffed up, do not behave itself, un, does not behave itself unseemly, seek if not our own. 
is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, that's people holding on to sin, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails, or love never fails, right? Love never fails. The Amplifier says, love takes no account of a suffered wrong. So again, we can't turn our blind eyes how the Bible said we should operate. Now again, it looks, you know, I, I'll tell you this, you know, I mean, I, I, I wasn't always living for God. So a lot of things that people told me about God or the Bible, to me it was foolishness. Like it was foolishness. Now I never studied it out. I never really got a full understanding. I just, it just didn't make sense to my mind. Now, of course, I was living in darkness at the time or living in blindness. And so, so again, to operate through this, this word is difficult. Now, I've, I read those scriptures, those first two, because I said we don't want to turn the blind, blind eye to God's word. Matthew 5, 44, pray for uh, those that, uh, that abuse you, curse you, persecute you, do you wrong. So let's say somebody say something wrong. Let's say if somebody... Uh, uh, misunderstand you. Well, the Bible says our, our first thought as Christians, we're, we're supposed to be interceding for that person, not amplifying the negative, not getting offended, but we should be interceding, right? Then 1 Corinthians 13 says, uh, love is kind. Uh, love, is, love is not boastful. It takes no account of a suffered wrong. It doesn't write a suffered wrong down on the list. That's how we operate as Christians, right? So, so again, this is how, what the, how the Bible says we should operate. Now, I wanted to read those scriptures before I prayed because I wanted to pray for uh, Wisconsin and I wanted to pray for the situation in, in Wisconsin. Again, I'm going to pray overall because I can't pray specifically, uh, number one, because I wasn't there, and two, because uh, there's so much more going on than what's highlighted. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, a lot of times people only see what's going to justify their perspective, I'm not that guy. Like, I, I have to see it for, for what it is, but I think it deserves prayer. But before I pray, I was, uh, have a nephew. We have a nephew uh, that's, uh, uh, I don't think it's that, that crazy, just, you know, made some choices, but uh, is locked, is incarcerated. And so he, he wrote me a letter. And I was reading through the letter, and I thought I took I want to take this out because I thought this was powerful. It's great perspective. So he said, uh, though this country is free from terrorism by outside forces and independent of other nations and governments, with the greatest military uh, in the world, with the bravest soldiers and people, it says it's broken. So, 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 so though it has all these things and it's it's protected from the outside. He, he says, it's broken inside, div, uh, divided and dying. It says, uh, without real reform, and he, he, and he was talking about police, judicial, prisons, and all that government. It says, there will be no freedom and no independence within. We are not free and independent of oppression, racism, and social divide. And this is what he was saying when he wrote what he wrote. And, and so when I heard it, it hit me this way. This, is, this, this was my thought because I had wrote them back. It seems we've only set up protections in our country to attack ourselves. Like we, we, like we set up all these protections so we, get, we have our own bubble of protection, but within the bubble we're attacking ourselves. It's defeating the whole purpose. 
but 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 I I look at what we do in our lives. We set up these protections from all these different things. You know, we're protecting ourselves from COVID. We're protecting ourselves from people talking about us. But it's like we set up this bubble only to tack ourselves on the inside. Like we let our own thoughts and our own mind talk us out of favor, talk us out of connections. Like God has sent you the greatest connection in the world, and on the inside you'll talk yourself out of it because you don't love yourself. So it's, it's, it's amazing. He, he, what he wrote and what I got out of it is what I see how we're operating life. And, and before we move forward in the message, because this, this is about to bleed into what we're going to talk about today in the blind eye, uh, let's just bow our heads and pray real quick. Father God, uh, we lift you up, magnify and exalt you. We know if we keep our mind on you, you'll keep us in perfect peace. We know uh, uh, all situations and circumstances are mere grains of sand in comparison to your, your, your power, your, your, your uh, ability to your peace. Um, and your wisdom and your insight uh, and your ability to deliver. You know, you can't force your way into our situations and circumstances, but you have us. You have us uh, uh, soldiers on the ground to intercede, to invoke your presence into environments. Uh, Lord, to, to, uh, to represent you here uh, in this earth realm and in this, this, this country. Yeah, I know you, your word says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So I speak to the, the sons of God, the sons and uh, men and women of God in Wisconsin, uh, and I speak that you would use them to rise up and to show your might and your power. Uh, I pray that for the eyes of everyone's understanding and light. I pray for supernatural wisdom and peace. And, Lord, most of all, I pray for First Corinthians 13 love to saturate not just Wisconsin, but this, this world and this country. Lord, I, I think as you, I, I realize, or we realize, it's not by our power, not by our might, but by your spirit. Uh, so we just thank and praise you right now for just your peace, uh, uh, your, your way of, of wisdom, of handling uh, what's going on, not, not just in Wisconsin, but in the country. And Lord, uh, we believe for... Uh, whatever, uh, just as you deem to take place to manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. And we lift up the families, the families of, 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 of those that were hurt. Uh, we lift up the family of those that are, uh, need healing. We speak supernatural healing over, over uh, the young man who needs healing right now. Um, and, Lord, we ask for your mercy as in all situations. In Jesus' name, amen. I so, so I wanted to, I, I wanted to uh, definitely pray for that situation, but uh, in getting back to the topic of blind eye, uh, I, I was just thinking I was just thinking through a lot of things this week. Uh, you know, as a, as pastors, you you're like if I just had if we just had like our family. You know, I got my son out there in Ohio, with my, my wonderful grandchildren, me, and my wife, our family, our extended family, and. Um, whatever our profession was, that's all we had to deal with. For us, it would be like cheating, you know, because that's all we got to deal with, just our family. Uh, but we're actually connected to so many families across the, 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 the nation and the world. So even if we're chilling, we're dealing with, you know, we're we still processing through what people are going through. And, and so, so that's why I process through a lot. And we spend a lot of time trying to, 
uh, afford everybody what God wants us to have corrective lenses. He wants us all to have corrective lenses. And, 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 and I think what for us sometimes what gets tough is like we've never been about ourselves. It's always about other people. But people that that uh, maybe don't like direction and correction, sometimes they can take it personal. And we understand that, but, but again, we got to go by what God says. Um, and I realize that sometimes we only see what pacifies our perspective, and then we add our pink elephants to, um, to escape into our, um, our own realities, not dealing with everything case by case. Like, we just want to package everything. You know, like, if we think somebody doesn't like us, and then let's say they made a decision that they were going to make anyway because it's the best decision. We Instead of seeing it as the best decision, case by case, we'll try to package that in. Like, we'll look for things to justify our own realities. And that's, that, you know, again, because we're turning a blind eye to the truth. So we scream there's no understanding, there's no justification or extenuating circumstances unless we're on the under end, other end of the infraction. So a lot of times we scream, uh, you know, there's the, people just don't understand or there's no justification or these are extenuating circumstances. So, so we almost like there's no extenuating circumstances, there's no justification, there's no understanding, unless, though, it's flipped. We're the person that's committing the infraction. We want people to understand. We want them to realize that there's a justification and there's extenuating circumstances. It's amazing how we live in a world with a blind eye as the norm. We live in a world with a blind eye as the norm. And I say that because if you're really paying attention to how people are communicating, if you, again, this is if you're seeing, there's obvious things people aren't seeing. This is obvious. This is not, you know, it's not like it's hidden. It's like right there. But we live in this blind eye world. and what's so tough is we've been so blind when the truth hits, our eyes hurt. Like we've, been, we've lived blind so long when the truth hits, our eyes hurt, our inner and outer eye. There's pain involved. Like we get sick. You know, we, we fall into depression because we've been running from the truth for so long. And so, so, so I wanted to ask this question today as we walk through this. Have you ever stood for the truth? I'm talking about the real truth, not hype, you know, uh, God's truth. Have you ever in your life stood for the truth? Because, you know, we're, we're in this culture where people talk about taking a stand, but I rarely ever ever seen somebody take a stand for the truth. Uh, you know, if everybody's going in a certain direction and everybody jumps up and says, I'm rolling with them, you're not really taking a stand. You got a lot of support. But have you ever just took a stand for God's truth? Like in the midst of, ain't nobody trying to hear what you got to say. Don't nobody believe you, and ain't nobody going in that direction. You know, just think about it. It's something to think about. It's not even, and as I'm communicating today, if you haven't, you just haven't. It's not, it's not a crime. You didn't, you're not evil. Um, you just may have never thought to or desired to, or with, with all due respect, you might not think it'd take all that. And all those are healthy perspective. People have perspective. Like, you, you know, once again, we have choice. You know, but my job, um, my job is obedience. Now, it's a tough job because it's not, 
it's not customized to frequency. It's not customized to sequence. It's not customized to uh, if somebody's bored. It's just obedience. It's just whatever God wants, that's, that's what my job is. And so that means I have to take a stand for what God wants me to say. And I don't want to. I, I, t- I told this story a long time ago. I had this dream. I had this dream about this couple. And it wasn't a good dream. And so what happens if you have a bad dream about a couple that everybody thinks is a nice couple? And that, you, I mean, you just roll up to them and go, hey, I have this dream. Uh, y'all situation jacked up, ain't it? Like you, you can't, like you're not thinking of doing that, are you? Even if it's not a couple, anybody. You know, uh, I had a dream that, uh, that you're deceiving your whole family. Like you're not just going to roll up on somebody. So I'm a minister at the time working for the church, and guess what I was thinking? I'm not going to roll up on nobody telling them that. So I was like, but what did I tell you? I live to be obedient. So when I got the dream, I was like, come on, Lord. Like, nah, nah. I said, suppose I roll up on that person because, see, we see in part. Suppose it was, you know, I ate too many cookies that night. Right? So I was like, Lord, come on, don't put me in a situation. So this is what I said. I said, okay, Lord, because I didn't run into this person all the time. So I said, Lord, if I run into him, I'll share it. Figuring what? You ain't going to run into him. I'm talking about probably like 10 minutes later. I run into the person. But I still was trying to like figure a way out. Like, like, so I'm talking to the person and on the inside I'm having a conversation with the Holy Spirit at the same time. So I was like, well, Holy Spirit, like, come on, let's, let's get out of this. Like, it's got to be out here. But there was no out. So I said, listen, man, I said, this might sound crazy, but I had this dream. And... And I, I, I don't even, I ain't even want to tell you, right? But I ran into you. And so the person knew me. They knew. Well, I said, listen, man, let me just tell you what the dream was. And the person said, uh, that bear witness with me, that was God. And I appreciate you sharing it. But I, like, but I ain't want to share it. But this is how me and this lady, well, I'm going to say that's how I live. I think, I think Pastor Mel She's been packed with such a gift of, of boldness. What I mean by boldness is not aware. Like God will shut down her peripheral to what the person may think. And she's just going to share. It's, it's God every time. But, but she, she's gifted. My, my wife is phenomenally gifted with supernatural boldness. Like phenomenal boldness. Now somebody say, but you be saying stuff that I wouldn't say. Yeah, but I... And then I don't know what she's working through, but my wife's sweet like that. She just tell you. Um, well, she tell me. You know, I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, pastor or not. Hold on, bro. What was that? <laughs> She'll tell me. So, uh, look, look, she back. Look, see, see that? See? See? She back there going, it's called obedience. <laughs> right? So, so, um, so have we still for this truth? So Pastor Mel, speaking of Pastor Melanie, she, she shared this scripture with us last week. Uh, Proverbs 28, 27. You know, people be talking, I mean, right now, I take notes too. You know, I learn from all of y'all. And I thought this was powerful. Um, now, she shared it from the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV Version. 
It says, whosoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. It says, but he who turns a blind eye will get many a curse. Now, of course, we always, you know, uh, we look at poor, you know, person standing on the corner, stuff like that. And that's a person that's without money or without resources. But the poor, poor means them that are without. So it's, it's whatever they're need, whatever's needed. So if you look at it from that perspective, whosoever gives to them that are without, whatever they need, could be truth and love. It could be challenge. It could be discipline. It could be focus. It could be money, right? But it's whatever the person needs, right? But it says, he, whosoever gives to them that are without will lack nothing themselves, whatever they need, right? Whatever they need at the time. Like, this week I needed peace. <laughs> so I, you know, so I, I didn't need money this week. I needed peace, right? But it says, but one who turns a blind eye will get many a curse. So a person to, turns a blind eye to give the person what they need, and they have it to give them, and that could be salvation, that could be truth and love, whatever the case may be. So I thought that was a powerful scripture. Thanks, Pastor Mel. Somebody else shared this scripture. I didn't write down who shared it. But uh, James chapter 5, 19 and 20 says, Brethren, if any among you should be misled from the truth and anyone should return him, know that the one turning a sinner from the delusion of his way shall deliver a soul from death and shall convert a multitude of sins. That might be the amplified version of that scripture, but James 5, 19 and 20. So, so again, we can't turn the blind eye. The person is misled from the truth, right? And, and the scripture said there's a blessing for you to return that person. It says, turning a sinner from the delusion of their way, we shall deliver a soul from death and convert a multitude of sins. The person is being... Uh, will deal with the consequences of a multitude of sins, but if you convert them, those sins now don't have the effect on their life like they would. And so, so you know, again, as pastors, that's what we do. Our job is to try to help people convert. Now, people kick and scream and they go, and they're always doing this and they're always doing that. But the reality is, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, again, we talked about sports. We talk about sports a lot. You're playing for my team and you come in and and, and actually, we need you uh, to shoot well. And so, so for the first six months, you can't shoot. So do we stop teaching you how to shoot? No, we keep teaching you until you learn how to shoot. That's the thing. Like, 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 like that was me. I couldn't shoot. So I had to keep. Listen, and I remember I walked down the street. I can't say the, the actual words. They start with an S. But the guy was, you know, I was walking on the street. This guy, I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually going to say his name. Yeah, some of y'all know him. Uh, Johnny West. Johnny West, to me, was a phenomenal basketball player. And so when I was walking down the street, he said, you ain't stuff. And I'd be like, what did I do? You know, and I would always have a basketball with me, too. I'd be dribbling. You know, I'm a young guy, you know, dribbling. Like, you ain't stuff. I'm like, but why not? You know, and then, like, every time, I mean, for years, every time I saw him, now, I have, a, I have an opportunity at that point. Now, this is not somebody speaking the word to me or the truth and love. This is somebody saying something that comes across derogatory, and I got a choice to conform or work on my game. So what I decided to do was work on my game. And, you know, some years later, we hanging out, fellowshipping, he's showing us, 
like his Clippers, he scored 52 and this, that, and the other in college. And he pulled me to the side. He says, for years, every time I saw you, I used to tell you you ain't stuff. He said, you thought I was telling you that because I didn't think you were good. I was telling you that so you would work on your game. I didn't want you to go through what I went through. See, everybody told me I was good. And, and, and so it took me to a point, but then I got overconfident. So, I, didn't, so I, I wanted to keep you working. See, I didn't grow up in a neighborhood where if you, you messed up, people go, hey, buddy, hang in there, pal. No. Look, look, look. Keith, 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 go sit down. Hey, hey, Ray, you want to play? Come take Keith's place. I can miss one shot. Yo, right, right, right. Come on, man. You can play with us. Keith, go sit down. And if it was nobody on the side, this is what they would do. Hey, all right, y'all, don't pass the ball to Keith no more. And if I got the ball, don't shoot. It wasn't no, hey, yeah, hey, you know, he young. I was playing with the big boys all the time. He young, he up and coming, you know, he pretty, hang in there, fella. Wasn't no hang in there. It was, you miss a shot, you out of here, because they knew if we lost, go home. The gym is packed. You got all these people waiting to play. If you lose, now you're, you got to wait for the 10th game. By the time you get to play with all that argument, it's over. So you had to win every game. Every shot was important. Our life is the same way. That's why God tells us to walk circumspectly. We want to be casual with it, but God says, so we can't turn a blind out of that, right? The Amplifier says, my brethren, if anyone among you strays from the truth and falls into error and another person brings him back to God, let the latter one be sure that whosoever turns a sinner from his evil course will save that one's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins, procure the pardon of the many sins committed by the convert. So when we go, that ain't my business, what you're saying is, I'm going to leave that person stuck in their multitude of sins. That can cause their death. Now, now, now that's not what you're thinking. I'm just saying that's your actions are communicating that. Obviously, you don't want the person to go through anything, so you, you're really trying to help to be nice to them in the moment. But you can't help a person's moment at the expense of their life. So, so that's not a get mad, get sad, or get condemned because of what you've done. That set a new target to, hey, man, speak the truth in love. Lay down your life for your friend, right? So Jude 1, I, we got this from Minister Lamar last week. So Jude 1. That's why I love this family. I learned so much being around our wonderful family. So Jude 1, 22 and 23. I'll be doing some of my stuff. I forgot what version I wrote. This could be amplified. It could be another one. But Jude 1, 22 and 23. It says, and refute so as to convict. It says, and refute so as to convict some who dispute with you. See, some of you, somebody dispute with you, we think the whole Christian thing is just to walk away. This says refute them. It says, and on, and on some have mercy who waver and doubt. So it says some people you'll have mercy on and some people you'll challenge or you'll check, right? It, 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 and, and, I, and it's customized for how a person's receiving 
you know, maybe the adjustment or correction. You know, if a person is 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 edgy and defensive, you know, they'll probably get checked a little different than a person go, I never looked at it that way, right? It says, verse 23, strive to save others. Look, snatching them out of the fire. Look, on others, so some you want to save, snatch them out of the fire. It says, on others, take pity, but with fear, loathing even the garment of, spot, of spotted by, by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality. So it says, it says, loathing the garment that's spotted by their flesh, right, and polluted by their sensuality. So they're caught up in the flesh and sensuality. So it's saying, I'm going to have pity on them, but, but I got to have a certain level of reverence and respect to make sure I don't cross over into the same thing. Right, so this is just not turning a blind eye. This is not being cold. This is not being mean, you know, because it's tough not to turn a blind eye. I mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's a nice teaching. Uh, well, I, I guess I can't say it's a nice teaching, but this is what God wants to talk about. But, but that doesn't mean it's an easy thing to do for no, no one, pastor, leader, anybody. You know, it's tough to turn a blind eye because people can and will misunderstand you. I get it all the time, right? People will personalize, generalize messages. So, so, so let's, let's deal with the reality of even here at church. Mostly what we get is a generalized message, right? Everybody has to customize it for themselves because no names are mentioned, right? So if someone says he's talking about me, that's in their own head because I didn't say their name. Now, you can call me up and ask me later, were well, you talking about me? And I just tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie in front of God. But generally, it's a generalized message, right? But people personalize generalized messages. That's why it's hard, you know, it, it's hard not to turn a blind eye, right? Yeah, so because so, you say, well, I, I'm just going to turn a blind eye because now I don't have to deal with nobody personalizing my generalized message, right? I, it's easy to say, I ain't going to say nothing because then I don't have to, you know, nobody's going to be mad at me. People will attempt to get you to change a message that may resonate with them, Right? Uh, that might resonate with them, but ministers to the 999 people was meant for. So what I, what, I, what I mean is people will take a message and say, hey, the way I heard this, it was, listen, it was just too much. Yeah, but 999 people was, it was intended to, for, it might be just what they need. But a person could sit in a room and, take a whole message, arrest what everybody else's need, needs just to make sure they're comfortable. That, you know, we, we can't do that. But see, that's why people are tempted to turn a blind eye. I know people come up and preach, they're not going to say the truth because people are punking them, right? You know, people will convert a truth consideration into a forced change. People will convert a truth consideration into a forced change. So that's why people turn a blind eye. Because I have this truth to offer you as a consideration. So hey, let's say, so this is a truth of consideration. But you still got choice, right? But a person will convert that into a forced change and, and tell you, see, trying to force me. No one can force you to do anything. You have choice. That's obvious right now, right? 
I'm a preacher. I preach the word. Everybody here ain't doing the word. Everybody watching ain't doing the word. So obviously, I can't force you to do nothing, right? People do what they want to do. For the, but, I, but do I not share the truth, though? The truth consideration. We've said it here a thousand times as a church. Everything taught is a target. Everything taught is a target. Now, you have to decide, you have to decide if you want to move towards that target or not. But we got to communicate the target because some people are actually wanting to move towards that target. Some people are eating it up. Like, tell me more of how to get to the target. Some people are like, man, ain't nobody trying to move to that target. Man, shut up. You know, that's what they thinking. Man, shut up. Man, ain't nobody trying to do that. And, and, and I can't be offended about that. That's their choice. The shut up part is probably not necessary. But the, the reality of the, if they're trying to hear it or not, there's nothing wrong with that. Because they got to live in what they're trying not to hear, not me, you know. So I can't be offended. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be offended if, if everybody don't want to hear nothing I got to say. Because they got to live in that. I'm not living in it. It's not punishing me, right? And see, 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 all this that I just shared, all this tries to muzzle you. Uh, you know, muzzle you. I'm not trying to hear... Uh, I'm not trying to hear, uh, is, is, I'm not trying to hear what you're trying to say. This is a communication. People communicate daily. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5. Because five. I, I don't like to just share stuff based on my opinion. Just based on God's word because I want people, people can choose to turn a blind eye to Keith Bradley and his, his opinion. But God's word, that's a whole nother story. So 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. So this says, this says, uh, I think I have another version for you too. All right, but I'll just read uh, King James. It says, let, uh, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. It says, for the scripture says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox, that treadeth out corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. So what it's saying, don't muzzle the ox, it's saying, man, this person is actually communicating life-breathing words for you. But don't, don't, don't muzzle them or, 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 or frustrate them from communicating. Another version says, let the elders perform duties of their office uh, well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support. That's, this is the Amplified. It says, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. It says, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out grain, and again, the labor is worthy of his hire. So it says, let that person communicate. You still have choice. That's like the ground saying, hey, man, why you keep pouring seed out here? Why you keep putting the seed in here? Why you keep tilling my land? Okay, you can decide whether you want to uh, uh, cultivate that harvest or not, but the seed has to be sown, right? So, so this is not because people are tripping or they're evil, like when people are rejecting the truth. Most are afraid of the truth and cracks because they see it as an indictment. They don't see it as loving them towards change. So when people hear imperfections or stuff they need to change, they think it as they're less than. Not, 
somebody's loving you to change. Do you know how hard it is to tell somebody something nobody else is going to tell them? So if somebody's willing to tell you something that nobody else is going to tell you, they actually love you. You see what I'm saying? Like, like the person that's just pacifying you, do they love you? Or do they want to be liked? So a person that turns a blind eye to something that's obvious, do they love you? You see what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I, you know, I just want to say, like, I can't help it. I love people at the expense of being liked. But if that's flip. Like if somebody spins, like, you know, I was telling the player one time, he's like, you know, Coach, you're always getting on me. I said, guess what? If I didn't want you on the team, if I didn't want you to get you out on that court, why would I even talk to you? I just ignore you. All right, good. Maybe I'll quit. <laughs> you know, but if I'm going to, I'm using my efforts, my energy, my stress. I used to, I'm not trying to be gross, but I used to throw up before and after games, every game. You know, first of all, I was working in a correction system, so I had to stress there. I had people sabotaging my players, so I wouldn't have, because they was, you know, some people was hating because I was coaching. So I, so I wouldn't always have my best player because somebody would lock them up, and it was a major game, right? And then I had the players fighting. I'm trying to help you to have something when you get out. I had them constantly fighting all the time. So my wife would tell you, and not to mention I was, you know, I was working 20 hours a week in corrections, you know. I was getting up two hours before I went anywhere to get into work. Man, I was stressed out. Um, almost got stressed out this week, but I decided to, 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 to get away with God. All right, so, so, so that's, that's what it is. You know, a person is constantly trying to share stuff with you. And, and I don't think people are tripping. People aren't tripping. At least I don't take them as tripping. It's just it's, it's, you're afraid of the truth because you think it makes you look bad or you think it's an indictment of who you are, you know, if, if people see the cracks. That's why people want you to understand why they're doing what, uh, uh, why they're doing what they're doing when you're trying to help them out of something. This is the tough thing, though. When, if, if it takes 60 minutes to explain why you got in that mess. So, so, I, so I'll give you a great example. Uh, social distance is high, so you can come right here. Sorry about that. I, you know, I know you, you he casual, you know, he, he didn't expect to be on camera. All right, so you right there. So, uh, so, so I'm, I'm just imagine, because the social distance, I was going to bring Ray up, but just imagine somebody behind you. So imagine Ray's behind you, and he pushes you forward. So just stumble forward. Stop right there. All right, so Ray just pushed him into quicksand. So right now, Ty's in quicksand. Okay, so uh, I didn't have time to study it out. I'll study it out for the next meeting, right? But Ty's in quicksand, so I'm just going to say he needs help in three minutes. If not, he's going to sink and die. So what Ty does, Ty is spending his three minutes. He's crossed over and he has a 60-minute explanation to explain how it wasn't for Ray pushing him. He wouldn't be in the quicksand. He only got three minutes. So, so let's say if 
if I understood Ray, Ray pushed him in the hand, pushed him. Now I have the solution to get him out of the quicksand, right? So I'm going to give him the solution to get out of the quicksand because quick recognition, I recognize he's in quicksand. I'm just giving him what it takes to get out. It is not my job to even hold him at fault for being in the quicksand, uh, indict him. Y'all know what indictment means, right? Yeah. Indict him for being in the quicksand. That's not my job. My job is, hey, Ty, this is what you need to get out of quicksand. So while I'm telling him how to get out of quicksand, he's constantly explaining, but you don't understand. But he's sinking. So whether I understand or not, he needs to get out the quicksand. So let's say I understand. I still got to give him the information to get it out of the quicksand. Let's say I don't understand. I still need to give him the information out of the quicksand. Because it's not about why he got in the quicksand. It's about he needs to get out before he dies. Do you see the difference? And so, thank you, Ty. You get out the quicksand now. <laughs> you see, so, so this is what happens when, when a person decides not to turn a blind eye and give the truth, all they're trying to do is help you out of the quicksand. But people are spending hours explaining how they got in. It doesn't change the diagnosis. And honestly, the diagnosis helps you to save face. It justifies your position, but it keeps you where? If you got a good reason for being in the quicksand, where are you at in the quicksand? And so I'll let, I'll let everybody know, whatever quicksand you're in, you, it, nobody's tripping. I, I'm sure it could be somebody betrayed you. Uh, there could have been a misunderstanding. It could have been you were hurt. It could have been, you, you know, uh, it's hard to trust people. You could have been abused. I was abused. I got in the quicksand. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you this because I realize I used to explain to, to you drop how I got in the quicksand. You know, growing up with foster parents and not feeling love, all that. Guess what? And God, God, see, God, God, God almost, I, I think I saw a smirk on his face, but maybe I didn't. But, but like, so key. And I, I, and I can, you know, now I'm looking back, I said, like, I can see God holding his forehead, key. I'm just trying to get you out of the quicksand, bro. Like, I I already seen your life. Right now, I'm just trying to get you out. You keep explaining and justifying your position. I don't want you to stay there. If you got a good reason to be there, you'll stay there. I'm trying to get you out. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's all. Yeah, y'all can use that quicksand one any time. Copyright in heaven. <laughs> right? Um, and see, God gets on priests. Uh, when they don't tell you the truth. And it's enough stress in life without God's pressure. Um, God gets on us when we don't help you out of the quicksand, right? Uh, we're not sent to pacify. We're sent to give you the truth in love. We're not sent to customize messages for what you think you need. We're sent to give you what God knows you need. You know, that... And that's not popular. You know, it, it's not. So the easy thing or the selfish thing would be, all right, so look, tell us I, I'm, I'm a pretty transparent guy. You know what the selfish thing would be do is, hey, 
me and my wife, and my, my, my son, my grandkids, uh, I, I actually have a resume. I have a, I, I have a very good resume. I have a, I have a good skill set. Uh, never had trouble getting a job. You know, the easy thing would be just get a job, find a church home, go to church, stay in the Word like I already am, right, and love all my family. That would be the easy thing to do. Because guess what? I'm only responsible for me and my family. That's it. I'm going to do that right. I'm going to tell you that I'm doing that right now. That would be the easy thing to do. So when you think somebody comes up and stands before you and shares the truth, man, go research. Research. YouTube it. I heard somebody say the other day, Google me. No, research. Research what you can get with somebody standing here. And, and research how many people have been played and betrayed with somebody standing here. Research, research the difference between accommodation and the truth and, and study out why would somebody tell you the truth. Study out that. I guarantee you to get you out of quicksand. It ain't, it's, it's, you, it's no benefit of the person. If you get the truth from me because I didn't turn the blind eye, how is that a benefit to me? But if you excuse your position, is it a benefit to you? You think it is. You think it is. But there's no, hey, hey, ain't no rock star, no glory in telling nobody the truth, not turning the blind eye. You know, as, 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 a, you know, as my sister said, that's why you're called the pastor. <laughs> as my sister be getting over, she said, she said, she said, that's why you're called the pastor. <laughs> What she was saying is like, because you're gonna you you're gonna give yourself, and it won't be at your convenience. And so so Psalm one nineteen. Let's look at Psalm one nineteen. I'm gonna tell you sometimes, what 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 could hurt is when you give your life, and people will sabotage your efforts just because they don't want to embrace the truth. You know, that, that you know, so they'll, they'll, they'll twist the truth to justify their comfort and poison other people, you know, sowing discord. You know, I mean, but that goes with the territory. I don't even think that's somebody trying to be evil. I don't even think that's somebody trying to be evil. I think that's fear. And I think, you know, sometimes people get so blinded and clouded they don't realize they're, they're, they're destroying people's lives and they're destroying people's opportunity to be free because they ain't ready to be free yet. So you stay in misery with me until I decide to change. That's not right. So Psalm 119, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. It says, they also do no inequity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. Key word here is diligently. You drop down to verse, verse 18. It says, open thou mine eyes that I may that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And so, so when we train ourselves to have a blind eye, 
uh, we're training ourselves to ignore accountability and responsibility, but we're also training ourselves uh, to, to, to not drink of God and his wonderful revelation. Like when we train ourselves, oh, that, I don't believe that, I, that's not necessary. God is trying to feed us revelation. He's trying to, to awaken us to fulfillment. And we're training ourselves to ignore God's insight and revelation. Right? And that's, that, you know, that's probably not good. You probably don't want to do that. Let's go to Psalm 51. See, again, it's not, I, I know for a fact, nobody is tripping or evil. Man, it's, 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 it's scary to embrace the truth. It's not a comfortable thing. And, and, you, and something in you says it'll be all right, but it's not going to be all right if you don't change. Something says, well, uh, it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> but but you're, you're ignoring what the word says. The word, the word talks about the consequences of our actions, not to punish you, to warn you, to protect you. God's word is not about prevention. It's about protection. Right? If you see it as prevention, you more have to go outside the lines and get your behind stung. Right? So uh, I said Psalm, didn't I? Isaiah 51, I apologize. My bad. So I, Isaiah 51, and we're going to start here verse 1. It says, hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, or carved out, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. It says, look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Now, now that's interesting. He says, he, says, he says, like you were carved out of something. And he says, you were called out of Abraham, but I called them alone. I called them to, to be separate from basically uh, conforming. Let's drop down here to verse 9. Verse 9. It says, awake, awake, put on strength. So he's telling us to wake up. It says, put on strength. It says, O arm of the Lord, awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old, art thou not it? That has cut Rahab and wounded the dragon. Art thou not it which has dried the sea and the waters and the great deep? That uh, that has made the depths of the sea a way for the for the ransom to pass over. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, sorrow, mourning. And, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Uh, who art thou that thou should have be afraid of man that shall die in the son of man, which shall be made as grass? And forgetteth the Lord thy maker that stretches forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has, and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor as if he were ready to destroy and were, and were in fury of the oppressor. So what it's saying is, it's saying, all right, 
I God, God, God who's woke, God who loves me, God, this, that, and the other. He says, so let me get this right. You're turning the blind eye. You turn the blind eye to my word. Turn the blind eye to sharing the truth because of man. You fear man. You fear how people are going to respond to you. You fear, you, you fear what people think. He says, but you don't fear me. <laughs> that created all this stuff. So my wife said it's all about obedience, and I told you for me it's all about obedience. Listen, I'm not a tough guy, and I'm not bold. I just fear God more than I fear man. I fear God more than I fear you. That's all it is. So that's why I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Out of fear of God, not out of because I want to. I don't want to either. Right? For the record, I don't want to either, but not at the expense of God. You just can't do that, you know? You just can't, I can't water it down uh, for that. Second Corinthians 4. Let's make sure, because I think I'm teaching something else next week. Actually, I know I'm teaching something else next week. All right, so 2 Corinthians 4, 1. So I might take an extra 10 minutes or so here. Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 1. It says, therefore, seeing we have this minister as we have received uh, mercy, we faint not or we don't give up. It says, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, uh, uh, commending, I got all this right in my Bible, I'm sorry, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Right? So, so, so this is telling us that, that it's, it's assuming that we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, um, that we're not operate, operating in craftiness, not hiding the gospel, it says, or not, or not uh, yielding to uh, the adversary who's tried to blind us, right? So, so again, you come to church, you you in this culture. It's a lot going on in this culture, but a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. A lot of it is trying to Isaiah fifty nine. A lot of it is Isaiah fifty nine. A lot of it is, is trying to cloud us. Uh, and and the thing that keeps us steady or keeps us inoculated from the deception or the confusion is God's truth, God's word. Um, that's what keeps us out of this. Turning a blind eye only assists us in being blind with them. And then you find the, the blind is leading the blind, right? Uh, 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 Mr. Lamar just walked in, but I'm, over the years, uh, I'm going to tell you what I appreciate about the relationship. So what I appreciate about the relationship is is one, obviously I'm a truth guy, but he's embraced the truth. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't kicking and screaming along the way. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is he never ran. He never retreated. He may have stepped and said, man, I know, come on, man. Like anybody else, like me. Like his coach would teach me stuff, I'm going away. Like, man, this guy's got to be out of his mind. 
but everything he was saying, I needed. You see what I'm saying? So I had to, so I showed up <laughs> for practice because I could have just quit, right? I showed up because I was like, well, I ain't really trying to hear this, but I guess I need it. And come to find out, I hung in there long enough to break through to this point in my life where everything my coach told me, now I wish I would have, I wish he could have, could have been appreciated more, like going through the process. I appreciate him now. I've shared it. I've sent messages. I'm still trying to catch this guy. He be running. Talking about you, Tiny. Right? Not running, meaning like he's, he's hard to, it's a hard man to, to, to get up with. But, uh, but man, like every, everything, everything that guy told me. But I'm glad I hung in there. I'm glad I hung in there. And I'm glad, I'm glad you hung in there. Like, I, I really am. All right, so, so let's go to uh, Isaiah 59. Yeah, we're going to unpackage a little, quite a bit through here. Let's see how I want to do this. I'm going to read verse 2, and then we're going to read quite a bit. All right, so let's start with verse 2 first. It says, uh, but your inequities have separated between you and your God. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. I right, so 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 we can't be, turn a blind eye to this scripture. These the see iniquities, right? That's we holding on to sin, right? That's, is right, Mr. Lamar? He's in school, right? And that iniquity? I mean, I mean, I know it's other. Meanings, but it's, it's, it's not that we slipped in sin, but we're actually holding on. We're storing it. We're holding on to it. We're defending it. Remember, like, you know, illusion is I'm deceived. Delusion is I'm defending the illusion, right? And it, so it's saying this is separating us between God, like where he can't hear us. So we go, I don't understand. I pray. I don't understand why nothing happened. Are you... Turning a blind eye to you, you, you rolling with all this sin, right? We're not talking about slipping. We're talking about dipping, right? It's a little different. We actually, we're really talking about leaping, <laughs> right? All right, so, 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 all right, look. Um, and then so John, 30, John 9, 31. We're going to come back to Isaiah 59. But let's go to John 9, 31. Because, again, we talked, we opened up with we can't be ignorant of what the word actually says. Not Keith Bradley. This is what God's word says, right? So John 9, verse 31. Now, this is saying it like it's rhetorical. Listen to it. Now we know. You know, you know how people tell you, you know, that's, that's, that's almost like everybody know that, right? So it says, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he heareth. How do, like, when we go in to pray, how do we ignore the scripture? This is all I'm saying. I'm not putting nobody down. Some people may not know this. Some people may not aware. Some people may not even believe it. But what I'm saying is, because we get, we, uh, as pastors, we get, well, I don't understand, you know, so where are you with your relationship with God? I pray. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Are you packing iniquity? Are you practicing sin? Once again, if anybody online, anybody in the house, if you, if you slip in sin, practice in sin, carrying iniquity, that's your choice. 
Listen, I can't do, listen, I can't tell you not to. But what I'm saying is, if you are, don't get, I have a pet peeve. I, sometimes holy indignations rise up. When God get blamed for stuff that, like we're not even doing what God says, but we get mad at God. And then, then we'll flip God like, what kind of God? He's, he's a loving, merciful. Yes, he's loving and merciful. He's loving and merciful. So you still here having an opportunity to repent. Right? He, I mean, he ain't take you out. But, but, but you want him to, you want his loving, merciful to turn a blind eye to everything else that, that everybody else is holding the standard to. So, they, so they, they're, they're trying to separate themselves because they love God. You're saying, I shouldn't have to do that. God, you should love me anyway. That's not fair to God because you have choice. You're saying what you love in your choice. And that's, you, you might not be trying to be mean, but just like when you leave the person, you know, like you left the, the person. Well, you're not, you're not trying to be mean. You're just saying, I would rather be with this person. So God, when God looks at you and you're praying, he's saying, well, it looks like you would rather be with, with the adversary, his people. So let him answer your prayers. That's not him being, why would that be evil? You would do that. You're in a relationship and a person spending all time, all their time at the other girlfriend's house. And then they come over and say, what you got for dinner? Let her cook for you. That's what you say, right? So why would God be wrong to say, let him answer your prayers? Is that evil? Okay, okay, all right. I'm just... <laughs> So, so, so are we pretending, this is what I'm saying, you know, like, see, see, are we turning a blind eye to what the scripture is saying? Are we pretending God hears our prayers? Are we pretending it? Because if, because if we, we're packing all this sin and iniquity and we're going, and we're praying all the time, man, God, man, God's off the hook. Are we pretending God hears our prayers? Because people say I pray all the time. Is it just for routine, religion, or relationship? Because there's a difference now, because if it's for a relationship, I'm going to do what it's going to Listen, my wife, for me to be in a great relationship with her, I got to, first of all, I got to be living for God, solid, you know, like I can't be playing around. But not only that, I have to, to like, I had to be all in. And I ain't know, <laughs> I ain't know because we, we married two months after we met. But I had to be all in, like, it, it ain't no, ain't nobody, ain't no Melanie Ann. Like, it's Melanie, period, <laughs> right? But that's not a bad thing. And so what's wrong with God saying, ain't no me and all the other gods and all the other uh, uh, with, with idols and statues and stuff like that? No, 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 me. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? All right, so, so, so let's go back to Isaiah 59. I think we're going to try to end there. And, and again, it's, it's, it's establishing a bar of truth. And, and, and so, so I, I, I'll tell you this story, too. When I was in, um, I used to work, I, well not work, I uh, did Bible study for a Division I football team for years. Some of you already know. And so 
the Bible study, so, so we rotated, right? We rotated the Bible study. So the Bible study was customized for the students. So the stuff that I taught with youth ministry, the stuff that I taught in some of the high schools, the stuff that I taught in, I, we had midweek service, that I taught at the church, they didn't get all that. They got what they needed. So uh, I, was, I was working with a guy, a guy pulled me to the side. He says, it just seems like every, almost like every week, it seemed like every week, we talk about relationships. So he says, when, when you're ministering, I said, well, I talk to these guys one-on-one. The number one thing they're dealing with is relationships. I mean, I, listen, I got a thousand teachings, but I can't just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit them with this teaching because it sounds good to me. I want I want to get their attention. I got their attention because it's what they were dealing with at the time. And look at our time out there. The scripture says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violence taken by force. The adversaries consistently on a daily basis blinding men, blinding people, compromising people, trying to get people angry, trying to get people getting frustrated. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. I don't hear nobody complaining about it. So, so what do we do? Because people are, are allowing themselves to conform. Like, the adversary ain't doing nothing different. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Three things. He's been doing the same thing for thousands of years. The same thing. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Right now, if you're sitting in here and you've dealt with any level of conviction, I ain't say condemnation, conviction, it was one of those three. Less of the flesh, less of the eyes, part of life. If you sat here at any time, like, ah, could we not talk about sin right now? Less of the flesh, less of the eyes, part of life. Same deal. But I notice people still be rolling with it, right? I mean, y'all say people still rolling with the lust of the flesh, less of the eyes, part of life. I hear people like campaigning, protesting. Hey, man, could we just change, man, the temptations, bro? I mean, because you tempted me with something else. I know people have been doing porn for like 35 years. Not one time have I had to, ever heard of, you doing okay, bro? Man, I was doing all right, man. But man, Satan just keep, same thing, man, porn. Like, you ain't got nothing else? Rolling with it. Consistently, though. Eating it up. <laughs> like candy. <laughs> Grooving, <laughs> give me more, give me more. So, so what I'm saying is, fine, that is a choice. Everybody has that choice. Can't nobody condemn you for that choice. But why do we come at God when God combats that with truth? Because he's trying to free you? Trying to get you out the quicksand? Okay, all right. I ain't never got this many amens. All right, let's, let's, so Isaiah 59, we read verse 2. We'll start at verse 2 and we'll just keep on reading through here, okay? It says, but your inequities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, right, that he will not hear. It says, for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. None calleth for Justice. We're talking, you know, in, in, in the kingdom. None 
nor any pleadeth for truth. They don't plead for truth. They trust in vanity, selfishness, and speak lies. They conceive mischief. Like people are conceiving mischief against people they say they love. Like if somebody's doing something and they don't have to, you know how kids, they see somebody look like they, they got props, they try to sabotage them. People are conceiving stuff like that for, for, for the body of Christ. It's one thing the people out there are doing it, but they're doing it in the body of Christ. That's, that, that's not cool. Look, it says uh, they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Look, they hatch uh, cockatrice eggs. I was supposed to give you the, the breakdown of that, but I didn't have time, so we're probably going to run through that for just today. I'll try to visit that another day. And weave the spider's web. He that eateth their eggs dieth, and that, and that which is crushed breaketh out uh, into a viper. It says, their webs shall not become garments, neither shall their, they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and their act of violence, and the act of violence in their hands. Their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of inequity. They even, even in their thoughts, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace, they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. Key word, no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Whoever shall follow this path shall not know peace. It says, therefore is judgment far from us. See, don't judge me. Neither doth justice overtake us. Look, we wait for light, but behold obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope. See, 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 it's walking in darkness. So this is what we do. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar, we roar all the like, all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are, are with us, and as for our inequities, we know them. We're intimate with them. In transgression and lying against the Lord, lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression, revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. We can stop right there. You can read the rest for yourself. So, so, so here, this is saying like, like, like this, this now, now this is Isaiah. But when I read that to you, you see that now, don't you? In 2020, this is Isaiah, the prophet. And this is, and, and, and so, and, and a lot of people don't read this. Uh, Trina was talking about how she's glad she got acquainted with the Old Testament first. But a lot of people don't read through this stuff because we, I asked the Old Testament, it's happening now. And see, so the preacher's preaching this and saying this is God's word. Like, I can give you none of my word. That's God's, right? But this is not to punish you, and it's not, this word is not written to punish you, and it's not written for pre prevention. It's, it's written for prote protection. It's a warning. 
it's an awakening. It's like, hey, do you realize what's going on? Like, no, you need to see clear, and judgment has to be a part of your life. Do you realize, like, like we're designed to judge, to properly assess things? We're designed for that. But we live in a culture that the number one thing you hear, you hear somebody say, don't judge me. But a person may be assessing what they see to give you a truth because you're in a quicksand. And I'm going to tell you, that's how it looks. What it, this, the, the way things look now, person's in quicksand, and you're going, yo, man, you in quick. Don't judge me. But, but I just want to, don't judge me. Like you ain't never walked in quicksand before. Well, I don't know if I have, but I'm just trying to help you. Just don't go judge me. Okay. Just want to make you aware you was in quicksand. See, just somebody making you aware is flipped into judgment. They didn't say, you, see, because you're a fool and because you don't care about nobody, you just keep putting yourself in quicksand. They didn't say that. They just said, you're in quicksand. You're in sin. You're in the flesh. You're in envy. You're in jealousy. You're in lying. You're in greed. They're telling you we're designed to see, to judge, to assess, to assist people and get out of the quicksand. That's what we're designed for. But everything in society is set up where you can't even make, making a person aware of where they are. Because that's deemed as judgment. And if people have, listen, uh, well, I won't use them. So this, this young man over here, young kid, right, uh, crossover into, let's say, the terrible twos is what they call them, right? So, and, and, and you know, for some people, it's terrible fours, fives, and sixes. But, but what I'm saying is I've known I've know children that's had bad behavior. Not evil behavior, but kids who were born in sin and shape and nature for a whole year. Has the parent, after two months, go, well, I've already told him for two months about his behavior. I'm not going to say nothing. That's not parenting. It may take you a year to develop a solid relationship with that kid before that kid crosses over. I know, I, know of, I know of parents who's longer than two years. Uh, this kid was very young and to a point where it, it felt like the, the child was wreaking havoc in the house. And, you know, they saw some wisdom, made some adjustments, realized, hey, you know, this, you know, they, they, they went, we going in, we going in the parent. And, um, man, man, this kid is one of the greatest kids I know right now. But, but, but it's not cookie cutter. It's not, well, it's not, parenting is not at your level of tolerance. Parenting is customized for what the child needs, for where the child is going in life, not to relieve you and convenience you. Same thing as, as, as being a leader. It's not about our convenience, right? So, so <laughs> see, that the, the statement, don't judge me, is saying you are rejecting the person that's sent to help you's purpose. You're rejecting God's supervision. Not normal vision, but supervision and account accountability. See, blindness has told us we're above judgment. <laughs> blindness has told us we're above judgment. We're, we're above being assessed. And we've, 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 
we figured trickery and a way around this freeing truth. And so what we've done, we've, we've, we've planted ourselves in this quicksand and we figured out how to hold on to a tree and we'll still be in the quicksand. And snapping at everybody around because after a while you get irritated. You've been holding on to this tree limb trying to stay above in the quicksand for so long instead of listening to the wisdom and the truth and somebody assessing you how to get out. You see what I'm saying? You know, but sometimes there's more important things than, than what God's talking about. It is what it is. <laughs>